Reverses him for the touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, uh, hey, uh, I hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving. Um, <clears throat> I apologize. It's not our fault there wasn't a Chiefs game to watch last Saturday, but uh, there will Maybe be. Maybe it one. was our fault, Todd. Maybe it was. Well, we felt like. Andy Reid deserved a Thanksgiving off. So, so yeah, I mean, I was rooting for that. But uh, look, you can tune into KSHB 41, which I don't know if you're aware um, is uh, the station that uh, makes this podcast possible. Um, and, uh, you know, the Chiefs playing the Broncos, the game was flexed into primetime. I was actually a little bit surprised when it happened, but apparently NBC knew that the Broncos were going to beat the Chargers last week and it was going to be an enticing matchup. I mean, there's two other games I would have personally waited on if I were them to try to like, I mean, it's it, what's looking bad now is that they won't have the Chiefs Bengals on primetime. Like that would have been an intriguing game and they're not going to have that one. So tough break on that part. And then at the time, I thought the Chiefs Steelers would kind of be intriguing. I just, I, I was kind of disappointed that it limited in themselves to where, I mean, there could have been another game or two that they could have utilize maybe the end of the season with the Chiefs Broncos because looking at the week uh the final schedule of the week for NFL there's not a lot of good games that NBC is going to flex in there and I I don't know stipulation wise that the Chiefs are going to be able to be flexed at this point because I know you can do five prime time then they can flex one more in but a team's supposed to max out at six until the new TV deal comes out in 2023 so I'll, I'll be curious to see if that you know how, how that works out but I don't know I just I felt like they really should have saved the opportunity to use Mahomes at the end of the year in a different light. But I, I cannot wait till Monday night football can flex too. Cause man, I want to see good games on Sunday night and Monday night football. I don't want to, I want to yeah. see. You weren't intrigued by Seattle at the Washington or Seattle against the Washington football team on Monday. That was, that was bad football, it was real <laughs> bad football. Um, all right. So yeah, I kind of went into the buy thinking that, all right, the Chiefs are seven and four, but the Chargers will probably beat the Broncos. So they'll probably be in second place coming out of the buy. Instead, the Chiefs have a one game lead on everybody else in the division. And they're sitting pretty because they get Denver, Oakland, or Las Vegas, wherever they play, and the Los Angeles Chargers in a row here. So they can put some distance between themselves and the rest of the division um, and, and lock up a record six straight, essentially during the next uh you know three games now those three games come over an 11 day stretch um you know because that chargers games on a thursday night but they've got an opportunity to to kind of put things away and also put themselves i think in the thick of the race for the number one overall seed my question though is do you think denver is a legitimate threat to the chiefs hopes or or at least are they the biggest threat to the chiefs hopes in the afc west right now I think Denver, if they had, if the Broncos had a better pass rush and if they had a little bit better offense collectively, especially quarterback play, then yeah, I think they'd be a massive threat. But for the most part, I mean, Denver's got, they got a good running back, they get a good wide receiving group, and they get a great secondary. And that's kind of where they can lean their, their hat on for the most part is those three position groups. But they're just, they're still not a complete team yet. And then on top of it, that O line is, just been hurt with how many injuries they've had. So they've, they've kind of been inconsistent in some regards. And I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he, he's effective in the offense. He can, they've built a patch rumor and then built an offense around him per se, but it's just not, 
they they need they need a much more elite quarterback in Denver to really get to where they they want to go as a franchise. Look, Teddy Bridgewater's doing exactly what they wanted, though. I mean, the problem last year with Drew Locke was the interceptions, the turnovers. This year, they, they don't commit many. They've got they've only committed twelve this year, which is you know near the top of the of the league. They also don't create a lot, though. Um, you know, they've only created thirteen. Uh, and I think that this is going to be the drumbeat for the Chiefs the last six games of the season. If you look at the offense, while they have struggled to put up points, they have consistently been able to move the football. Now they've stalled out and settled for field goals in a couple of, on a couple occasions, but the bigger issue has been the turnovers. If the Chiefs can avoid the turnovers, I think they're in good shape. Um, and, and if the defense can continue doing what it had done the last four or five games, I think that this team is going to be just fine. Maybe could even run the table, um, you know, but does anything that this Denver defense do scare you? Cause, cause look, they're at the bottom of the league, near the bottom of the league in third down percentage. They're near the bottom of the league in red zone touchdown percentage. It's a mediocre to bad offense, mediocre, I think passing wise and, and bad ish in terms of their, their, the effectiveness with their run game. I, I like Javante Williams a lot and they're starting to use him a little bit more. Um, you know, but he and Melvin Gordon don't scare me if I'm the chiefs. I like Court and Lynn Sutton, Cortland Sutton, um, and Tim Patrick's had some big games against the chiefs in the past, but Jerry Judy's the one that interests me. I thought when the de- he went to Denver, he was going to be a chief's wrecker for years to come. And we just haven't seen that at all. I just, I don't think he's a fit for what they're trying to do as an offense. It's just part of the problem is Cortland. Cortland Sutton, uh, Cortland, Cortland Sutton. See, look what you did to me. Um, Cortland Sutton. It's is, harder to say than you think, isn't it? <clears throat> no, it's because I heard you say it wrong. So then I, it's <laughs> in my brain now. Yeah, um, it's, it's late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sutton's more of a vertical route runner. He's not, he likes to stretch the field. Tim Patrick's more of a stretch the field type of receiver who's in a contract here. So he's going to look like a rock star right now. Um, and then Jerry Judy is. I mean, he's he can run the routes and he's got good speed and he's good in the backfield. It's just I don't some of their offensive design. I just I don't think utilizes what Judy can bring to the table. I think a chief style of offense would utilize him significantly better. And I know that sounds weird to say, considering the fact that Pat Shermer is the OC and he's from the Andy Reid, you know, from the Andy Reid tree, along with also, if I remember correctly, being being with uh, Steve Spagnuolo whenever he was with the Rams there for a while. So, you know, Shermer has – Shermer knows how to design an offense per se, but it's just not – I don't know. I mean, it's it's not as ideal as you would you would think. And, yeah, where I'm thinking of Shermer, I know he, he was with the Giants with Spagnuolo, and, yeah, he was with the Rams there for a little bit before Josh McDaniel. Um, but, yeah, it just – I don't know, man. It just – the offense has so much, so much potential at the receiver group. There's a lot of teams that wish they had that skill set of receiver, especially one through three, like the Broncos do. They just don't do a good job of utilizing them, and they they run just a bunch of two, three tight end set with their running backs off tackle, and they just they love to run the stretch. They try to run off tackle with Javante Williams, who who's honestly the He's one of their biggest threats on offense. And then Melvin Gordon's kind of the change of pace back. And like you said, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he's a guy that <clears throat> they want him to get the ball out quickly. And they want to they want to spread out the field, let him make quick decisions, use play action pass, use the bootleg, 
and just kind of let Teddy read quick throw, read quick throw, read quick throw. So whenever you start, when you start running wide nines and collapse the tackles in on him, he gets he'll panic and he starts making stupid decisions and then he'll force turnovers. But you know, it's certain down and distances you need that to happen to force him to hold on to the ball, and certain coverages they need to run to get him to hold on to the football. So it'll be interesting to see how Steve Spagnuolo and them attack. But I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunities there to really kind of keep that Broncos offense uh, stifled. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I think the big question a lot of Chiefs fans have about the defense is, all right, you're playing the Giants and Daniel Jones. Nothing you do in that game is going to impress me. You're playing Jordan Love. Again, not going to be particularly impressed. Dude, you sound like the Shania Twain song. <laughs> that well, don't impress me. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, uh, look, I, I've seen enough not impressed at all. <laughs> but you know, even the Cowboys, I mean, Amari, Amari Cooper's not in there. Ezekiel Elliott's banged up. CeeDee Lamb leaves that game. You don't have, you know, Tyron Smith at left tackle. I think a lot of people are wondering, like, like how real is what we've seen from the Chiefs um, over the last month or so? I don't think you get that answer that week this week because I, I really only see two teams left on the schedule that I think have have offenses capable of providing that answer. I think the char- on the road against the Chargers and and on the road against the Bengals are, are the two games that you're gonna. Those are the two games that I think the Chiefs can really prove that that they are one of the better defenses in the league right now and prove that they are playing to that level that they were in 2019 where the back half of the season, they kind of took over. Do you get the impression that this Denver team is good enough to make that, to, to, to prove whether or not the chiefs defense is paper tigers? Um, if, if Denver does really well, then yeah, no, they'll prove some problems, but I just, I, I think the chiefs defense is locked in more than people realize. And I, I think the Broncos, I think the Broncos offense is going to struggle more than, than they realize. And if the chiefs are able to take away those stretch runs and those off tackle runs, they're really, they're really going to be struggling at that point because they're, I think they're going to do a good job keeping the Broncos from using a lot of their vertical game. I think the Broncos are going to have to take some short passes. So I'm curious to see how Chris Jones is able to do early on in that game and how disruptive he can be to Teddy Bridgewater. Cause there are, there is, if Teddy Bridgewater takes a couple hits like that, that starts to rattle him a little bit more and then he gets, he gets inaccurate. So I, I, I personally think that it, a lot of it's going to come down to the Chiefs for the most part, just taking away the strengths of the Broncos like I just talked about there. And then if they do that, then I then I think some of those guys are going to be really rattled in the passing game. And then it, hopefully the Chiefs offense is on point and then that they can they can just decimate the Broncos and in that in that game by middle third quarter. Well, yeah, and you and I talked. I mean, the, the addition of Melvin Ingram, some other things have really allowed this defense to come together. We talked about it on, on the bye week podcast. So you can go back and, and check out our thoughts there. There's not a lot of depth there, but I have fewer questions about the defense and, and what to expect from them, I think, at this point than I do the offense. Um, and look, I, I do think this is a litmus test game in some respects for that offense because I think Denver. Look at it, you, a- Eric Bienname. Oh, yeah. Be enemy Kafka, you know, uh, enemy, you want a head coaching job shot in prime time, buddy. <laughs> uh, but look, what do, what do you want to see or need to see from this chief's offense against a good Broncos defense to feel comfortable that they, maybe they got a few things solved over the bye and they're ready to roll 
you know, here through the month of December and on into the playoffs? Um, minimal to no mental lapses with false starts, you know, legal shift or legal motion or any of that type of stuff. I don't want to see any of that. I want to, the run game is really, really where that's going to decide if this offense gets on track or not. That, that, that's one part of it. That's going to do it. And the reason I say that is because none of the chiefs running backs are dynamic and that's, what's causing a lot of the problem that people aren't talking about is that you don't have somebody like whenever I was watching Javante Williams, like, man, I would take him right now. He'd be dynamic on the chiefs run game. Like he would, he would help. He would help uh, a great deal in the screen game. He'd also help off tackle. And there's some runs that he could make in this cheap scheme where he would tear some people up because he's running behind a, a worse offensive line there in Denver and still making it look easy. So <clears throat> Clyde Edwards Hilaire needs to really step up as a receiver out of the backfield in the screen game. And he's also got to be able to find the hole, show some vision, show some acceleration, and take him to church. Plain and simple. Daryl Williams, he's a power run back. That's just what that dude's going to be between the tackles. Hit somebody for three to four yards, run angry, and then move on about your day. And then Derek Gore, uh, they've seemed to – ever since that Giants game, they haven't really utilized him a great deal. So, I mean, he can't get into a rhythm. He can't use a lot of his uh, a lot of his quality jump cut and vision to be able to do what he needs to. But, again, at the end of the day, <clears throat> even those guys are facing five or six in the box. I mean, they're not really – they're not taking advantage of it. The best way you want to get those the shells with the two deep that you talk about there, the best way to get rid of that is to run all over them. And I'm not just talking, I'm not just talking like four or five yards, man. I'm talking like gash those cats, just like the Chiefs did to the Bills last year whenever they gashed them. Like it's there for the taking. Go out and take it. I know that, you know, I just said that back and it sounds redundant, but you know what? I mean, like you just gotta, it's just part of what has to be done. And then on top of it, like I said, the second receiving option that's not Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, who's going to be that third option? That's the other part that they really need for these upcoming weeks to be able to run the table as they potentially need to, and we've talked about. So that's kind of their keys, and obviously <clears throat> you can't have Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey or obviously Patrick Holmes get injured. Like They can't miss significant time, or this is going to turn into a struggle real quick. The reason you have these luxuries to worry about having the run game get up to par or to have another option of receivers because you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the field. You lose Tyreek Hill, you lose about half of what this offense is capable of and what they are because of the threat of him going deep. They don't have to run two deep safeties anymore. They just got to bracket Kelsey and then say, good luck beating us with everybody else. So, I mean, the Chiefs still have a lot that they have to get figured out in these final six weeks, and those are the things. And then if they don't, then, you know, it, they're going to have to lean on their defense for a lot more than just getting off the field. Look, and, and look, Clyde edwards Hilaire. I mean, I think you and I, you know, and obviously the Chiefs liked what they saw with his ability in space, um, his ability in the pass-catching game at LSU, playing in that pro-style offense with, with Joe Burrow down there. But, but he also kind of, Look, his performance at, say, the Combine, when he runs a 4 6 um, you know, and if you watch his tape running between the tackles, he was always, like, if you had a, a lane and he could just make one cut and go where the play was designed to go, he, 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 was, he could make plays. He could gash the defense like you were talking about. If the defense piles it up and he's got to kind of pick and choose and find his way through, that's never been his strength, and it still is not. And that may be why the Chiefs have to address that moving forward. 
Um, but I, I agree. I mean, I think they're going to have to be to be balanced. I mean, because this look, this is the third best scoring defense in the NFL. They're fourth in points per drive. Um, but I do think that they're vulnerable on third. They're not a great team on third down, um, you know, and, and the Chiefs are. So I think this is one of those games like you talked about. If they can use the run game effectively to stay on schedule, get a chunk play here and there to take the pressure off. But if nothing else, stay on schedule and keep it in third and, uh, you know, third and, and four or less more often than not, um, you know, because the pass rush for the Broncos isn't great. I think the opportunities to convert, move the chains and keep going will be there if they can avoid the holding penalties and the tipped passes and turnovers and, and the fumbles that have kind of plagued this offense at times. Um, you know, I mean, because I want to talk more about the pass rush because obviously they dealt Von Miller to the, to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, yeah, they're like the chiefs, right? They, they're, they're one of the, in the top 10 in terms of blitz rate, if they're going to get pressure, they do it by bringing extra guys. Um, can they do that against Patrick Mahomes though? I think Vic Fangio is going to try where I think you're going to be really, really surprised with them is I think Fangio is going to bring some run blitzes. I mean, he's really sneaky about when he does that. He really likes to bring a safety down and have them just, just come down that alley and just blow up that edge. There's times there, there's times on the backside where he really likes to bring a blitzer to take away the potential chance of bootlegs when he sees tendencies. I mean, Vic Fangio is a really smart mind when it comes to defense and the chiefs are going to face a really great challenge just from a scheme perspective about what Fangio brings to the table. So that's why it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs offense performs against a really smart defensive mind. And a lot of what they do, man, I mean, they love, they love in an ideal situation. They love to just drop in a zone, hang out at the sticks, have a little, have a little, you know, a little ice cream social there at the sticks and just wait for you to show up. And, and then, you know, and then they're, they're fine at that point. Like there was, there's times, man, where you can space them out with four or five wide, or you can flood one side of the field. And like, there are levels to where you can throw at every level. They will, they will give you those. And part of what they're, they're thinking about, and especially Sertan the other day, when we took back that pick six, they just had him stay in the zone coverage at the sticks they left the middle wide open because they like for it to be, they like to have plays funneled to the middle where they can just rally and tackle. And they love doing that. And so they had Sertan back in zone. They had two, two guys back over there in the middle to where they're just waiting for Eckler to come out of there. And then Herbert throws behind Eckler, bounces off of him to Sertan and runs it back for a pick six. But, you know, I mean, those, they're kind of banking on some of those things. And so that's, that's where Mahomes and the Chiefs receivers and all them, they got to be on point to not just allow them to get to get freebies like that just simply because you know they're they're capable of just kind of sitting back and letting you make mistakes. So, I mean, the right. Chiefs have done that for part of the season, but they that's that's part of what the Broncos scheme kind of does sometimes. So, it, the Chiefs have gone against this style of defense before. This isn't the first time they're going to be seeing this. It's just a matter of do the Chiefs have some answers for the rest of the NFL to put on tape so that teams can start backing off. Well, and obviously they, you know, the recent history says the chiefs have the advantage, right? I mean, I look, I think this is one of the best deep, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Um, and I think it's one of the best, uh, um, I think it's one of the best, uh, um, you know, secondaries the chiefs have faced this year. When you talk about safeties, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, you've yeah. got Ronald Darby, Patrick Tan, Kyle Fuller, 
um, coming over from the Bears this year. I mean, look, that that's a heck of a secondary. Yeah. And those are their top five leading tacklers this and, year. I and mean, that's what they were. That's what Vic Fangio built them for. He built them to stop the Chiefs and Chargers. Like that's why he went out and got all those guys. And, and look, I mean, those are their top tacklers. They're number one in the NFL and fewest missed tackles with only 50 this year. So they're going to make you earn things. And that's where the Chiefs have had the challenge with, with the turnovers, with the penalties. But I'll say this. Look, they're in there. I think they're in the Broncos heads. They've won 11 straight in this series, um, dating back to uh, Peyton Manning's last regular season start of his career. Um, you know, when when the Chiefs were able to get him because he was injured and, you know, had had four picks, went five for 20 in that game. Um, you know, so they've won 11 in a row. But I think that the the this division race, this stretch run sets up well because the Chiefs have already shown that they they've made looks like they've got Las, Las Vegas solved this year. I think the Chiefs have spent a lot of time um, since late September, like with an eye on that Chargers game, knowing how important that would be on a short week. I think they're going to be set there. The Broncos, they haven't played yet this year, right? They haven't played against Teddy Bridgewater in that system. Uh, you know, they haven't played against, you know, the, the 2021 version. Andy gets a bye week, though, to get ready for that. We know how good Andy Reid is coming off the bye. Do you feel like this sets up as well as it possibly could for the Chiefs down the stretch here? Well, the Chiefs have every opportunity to win this game, and they have a lot of odds in their favor. The only thing that's going to be downside is Carl, Carl Chaffers is that referee. That's not going to go too well. Um, hopefully they, they learn to uh, – hopefully they hide their, uh, the, their yellow hankies from them, just take them away from them whenever security allows them to come in the building. Just, just turn off his mic, you know. <laughs> just do something. But, I mean, that, you know – like that Carl's gonna <laughs> what's funny is a lot of people don't realize the what Carl's known for in in Chiefs Kingdom, but they don't even realize it is he was the one that Travis Kelsey <laughs> said he couldn't even work at a foot locker <laughs> from 2016, <laughs> but a lot of people don't remember that. So <clears throat> I mean, you know, I I think well, that I, I had first... a front row seat for that interview, by the way, like standing outside his locker. Yeah. So Back when I mean we could go in the locker. Well, no, well, COVID happened. What can I say? So it'll be interesting to see with Carl um, how him and his crew handle things because they they actually lead the league in penalties thrown at 168 through 11 games. And I broke down on Twitter what what they're leading what they're leading uh, yellow hankies are for, and what a coincidence they're the top infractions the Chiefs have as a team. Right, holding. So, <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know. I hope it's that. I hope the Chiefs can. I hope the Chiefs are able to have a sharp offense performance because as Eric Bieniemy said, when it's all said and done, Eric Bieniemy likes to say that a lot in press conferences. So I think that should be the name of his book title someday. When he writes a book. Yeah, when more. he retires, when it's all said and done. When I actually like done. that as it was book title. Actually, it is a good book title. So you're welcome, Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> pay me some royalties for it. Let me know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, the Chiefs have it all there. It's there for the taking. Just go out and uh, start start eliminating the doubters week by week do it so uh what's your prediction i expect the chiefs to win this game i mean i think it's gonna be a lot no stop dude stop saying that i mean i know you say that every week man but no with this you know keyword when it's all keyword when it's all said keyword keyword when it's all said and done Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i just like annoyed nick a little bit because you know it's coming you know i'm going to ask you for prediction and you know that when you refuse to give one, I'm going to say 77 nothing. So yeah, well, maybe someday you'll be right. Today is not that day, and tomorrow doesn't look too good either. So. All right, so you heard it here. Nick has no faith in the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. <laughs>
<laughs> you are terrible at interpretations. <laughs> to win 77 nothing. I qualified it. Um, all right. Hey, uh, I got nothing else. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, um, I know you and I are looking forward to today's off coming up. So I, I think, uh, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to, let's just cut it here. What do you say? Yeah, no, it sounds like a, it sounds like a plan there, buddy. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, take care kids and enjoy Sunday night football right here on KSHB 41. Todd, you did, you did a good pod. It was a good podcast, Todd. Todd with a, with a pod. See, this is my father's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.